This interesting part. The church in Laodicea was not being persecuted. Go and read it too. They were rich. Governor would come there for Thanksgiving. There was no persecution. The commissioner of police was a member. Who wanted to persecute them? Who would persecute them? The church was popular. That's why they felt, look, people were doing business there every day. But the church in Smyrna, this interesting part, they were poor. Then God now said they're about to be tested. I don't know whether you're getting my point. In the midst of poverty, temptation will now join. Waiting now. Listen, if you want to be Christians, let's be Christians. We have to learn to value life the way Jesus does. I know why God was treating them like that. He said, he that bears fruit, I will prune, so that he can bear more fruit. Now to be faithful. You are sending us to prison. We should be faithful. You are giving money to the church in Laodicea. We should be faithful. What about those ones in Laodicea? But God warned those ones. I'm about to take away your candle. Many times when churches will scatter, it's because God has been warning them for years. But what we're seeing from outside, man, if you get to that church parking lot, the pastor's car alone eh, is enough for you to give your life to Christ. You heard that kind of thing before? Nonsense. <laughs> Jesus said, these are churches I'm about to close. That next week you'll come here, they won't be there anymore. They will now go to, uh, to, uh, to, the news, to social media and start protesting. They want to Islamize Nigeria. That's why the churches are closing down. It's because of Islamic agenda. Jesus said, Islamic agenda cannot survive where I am. The reason why you are closing is that I remove your candle. That's why I'm not into this issue of uh, success. You know what? You are preaching. What do you have to show for it? You know what Paul said? So don't judge anything until the end. It's only Jesus that knows what is going on. So don't tell me somebody does not know what have anything to show. Just because he gets to the church, he has been in the town for some time. He doesn't have a five thousand member congregation, and his last birthday they did not gather money to buy him the latest GL five fifty. You know there are preachers who have left this city and ran to Abuja. Sometimes you ask believers. That's what, that's what I'm preaching about this evening. That what are you looking for? Success as a pastor is not counted in the size of the congregation. It's not. It is not counted in the, the beauty of your pulpit. So we got, we got a designer from Los Angeles to come and look at it. And then, oh wow, the glory of God is on it. Rubbish. Praise glory. Some of these we celebrate. If, if only you will see what Jesus is saying about them. Somebody prophesied recently. I heard that prophecy again this morning. He said, the Lord has said that all these churches, that will remove their roof. I'm removing all the roofs. That's what he said. Well, she actually. I still heard it this morning. So the Lord said, this season, I'm coming. And I'm going to start tearing roof off. And rain will fall on all of them. And then they will scatter. Now listen, people of God, get ready. When you start hearing scandals, don't listen to the scandal. Just know that people have been scattered. He said that they will scatter. People will scatter up and down. In, one thing I can assure you is that they will not go to social media. And after it's Aerofy. He said, he said, we were told not to vote for APC. Did we not warn you that it's an Islamic party? But let me just warn you ahead, people of God, forget that. It's not an Islamic party. It's Jesus removing roof. Say, you people are too comfortable inside here. Come, remove that roof. Rain, fall. When rain falls, they won't come next time. They will go somewhere and go and hear the word. They are going to church in Laodicea. They are not succeeding. Materially, they look like they are succeeding. But in reality, they are not. I said that prophecy this morning. A prophecy I believe very seriously that God said this from this season. And interestingly enough, I also heard it from 
Sadhu Sundar Selvaraj. I heard it from different places. So get ready. As God is removing roof, breaking pillar, you hear one scandal, church that there used to be 2,000, you come next Sunday, you see 250. And 250 will look at each other. What are we still doing here? <laughs> but don't be angry. That's what I'm preaching. Don't be angry. The way God, the Lord Jesus judges success is the point we are making. The way the Lord Jesus judges success is not the way the world judges it. So what I'm telling, telling to, preaching to Christians is, listen, what God wants from you is faithfulness. It's not worldly success. It's not. You can't live... Now, listen, you can be thinking of somebody in your mind. I'm not thinking of people, really. I know I'm a human being too, so I may be tempted to think of somebody. But I'm not preaching about anybody to you. The loss is my heart. But many people have left Enugu because Abuja is sweet. Lagos is sweet. Listen, let me pray one prayer for you. When you are going your own way, may you not succeed in it. Amen. Say amen. No. Yeah. Hmm. If God said be in Enugu and you park and if somebody drags you to Portacot, may you fail in Portacot if God didn't send you there. Yeah. You know why? Because when your problems begin, is when you get there and you start succeeding. You will now turn around and say, I said so. The moment we moved down here, breakthrough. As soon as we came to this city, the city opened to us. You don't know that Laodicea has swallowed you. You are coming from Smyrna. Are you getting my point? Paul was in Smyrna. Demas did not like Smyrna. So he went to where? Laodicea. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. And you get there suddenly, as soon as you arrive, Pastor, you are welcome. Is this your car? He said, yes. Ah, sir, we don't drive this kind of car here. So four brothers in church say, no, the Lord spoke to us to say to you. The quickest one they can find for you is a Hyundai, maybe Veracruz. Say, Pastor, please, just mind. Normally our pastor uses a GL550, but he said, it takes us a while. So. And he said, ah, and I was in the Nugo. You try. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, like, like somebody said, <laughs> this is ministry. So one man after you know after preaching, they went after you know went to the big man of God's house. They now served food. He chopped finished. He said, "Ha, ah, this is ministry." <laughs> the big man looked at him and said, "My friend, this is not ministry. This is food." We are just <laughs> Listen. If a place where God didn't send you becomes comfortable, you're in trouble. It's more difficult to retrace your steps. Oh, it's more difficult. It's more difficult. That's why I say you should say amen to that prayer that I prayed. Because it's important. But if you get there, the first day you arrive, Mopo slap you. You know, you will look like, what? It's if you talk, I shoot you. Hey, no, I'm not talking about life. Close your mouth. You know, you know instantly you will go home. Say, the Lord is not with me here. <laughs> Next day, you are going back to Enugu. Next day. Like when the Pastor Corey says something once, is it easy to preach to you today? If you know Pastor Corey does, he's a sharp, sharp dresser. We're in school together. Always looking clean. So I can imagine, say, one day, he shined his father's car he used to drive that time and shined his own shirt. Shined everything. I was driving, going to meet a business contact. Then stopped in the, in the hold up. 
Then one madman came to his window and spat on him. <laughs> you know, a lunatic just came and spat on him. He said initially he wanted to get angry. Then he stopped being angry. He turned the car and went back home, removed his shirt, and started planning to go to Sokoto. He said, this is a sign that I have stayed too long here. That the thing in my heart that said I should move over to Sokoto and go and start ministry there, I've left it behind. He didn't leave that day, but he started planning. And a few months after that, he was gone. What was it that pushed him? I'm, I didn't, he didn't look for trouble. He was, somebody just came to him. Just look, look, look. <laughs> he read the spiritual sign. That to him it was his spiritual sign. He said, no. This, something is wrong. This is not the place of my rest. It is polluted. That's why that, I pray that prayer for people. Because many times people don't understand what success is. Success is. They look at somebody. I mean, ministry. Oh, this mean, for those who are in ministry, it's very interesting. Church people can look. They will just frustrate you. If you don't know where to look. A man who entered ministry before you. You pack and say, ah, man of God, how are you? Let me give you a lift. You know why it's giving you a lift? You say you don't have a serious car. The one you have is with They carried it two days ago, three days ago. And it's calling you, pastor. Tyrods are bad. You say, I'm coming. You are still praying. That's why you are in KK now. And the man you baptized, anointed, taught the rudiments of the gospel. He stops. He says, ah, this is your car. is fine. He says, yeah, it was my, my, my birthday last week. The church people bought it for me. And you're thinking, these wicked people in this enemy. You start getting angry for nothing. You start, your spirit starts saying that the will of God is after a place becomes dry, Elijah will move. Move from the brook because the brook is now dry. And he's going to Abuja. Why? The, your spirit will say go. You know why? Because the man you baptized, the man you taught the rudiments of the gospel, he went to Abuja, and normal birthday, somebody dashed him such a sharp ride. And he's there preaching all this way. You now start getting angry that the problem with the Nugu is that coal is under, so the hearts of people are dark. <laughs> all kinds of revelations. No, you will start getting all kinds of revelations. One day, man said, look, what I want to tell you, not a joke. You know, there are things you hear. <laughs> now, look, believers, listen to me. Make sure you are seeking the Lord. That the only thing you want is to be pleasing to him. A man of God, not today. Which year are we in? 2019. This today I'm telling you is more than five years ago. He said, on a normal Sunday, Pastor Murphy, don't get angry what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> on a normal Sunday after service, any day he gets personal offering of three million naira, he will go and check his message. Whether it was a bad message, that three million naira. What did I say that offended people? <laughs> That's a bad Sunday. Three million, not 2019. Then instead of more than five, six years ago, pastor finishes preaching at the end of the day. Sir, I was blessed. I was blessed. I was blessed. Just in his office, I was blessed, put it there. I was blessed, put it there. I was blessed. <laughs> he said if he totals the money after service and it's less than three million naira, or it's three million naira and less, he's concerned that what did I preach that is wrong? Which means there are days it's five, there are days it is six. It's not like the man preaches 18 hours. It's normal one hour service, 
maximum two, two of it. Those are the kind of things some people will hear. After preaching in one place for a long time, they say, no, something is wrong. And listen to me, then their spirits start telling them things. So let, me get, let me summarize my message so we can close. Listen to this. What I'm preaching this evening is this. For you ask yourself a question. One, that is two things I'm saying. First, ask yourself a question. What really am I looking for? Number two, which is the main message, make sure that what is most important to you is that you are pleasing to the Lord as a faithful servant. Every other thing is not important. The size of the church is not a big deal. Listen, those things are not primary important things. Isaiah said, I have spent my strength for nothing and for vanity. That's how a man can be discouraged. What's most important is you look back. Did we break the laws of God? Did we show ourselves lazy? Did God open doors we refused to step into them? Once you have satisfied yourself with all of these things, you leave the rest to God. That's how it works. We said last time, which country should I go? Which country should I stay in? Ask yourself, where can I contribute? Where am I needed? You know, somebody said something once. When it was, a person was trying to yap the foreign oil companies for how they refused to allow the indigenous you know, people to develop. He said, what they just do is pay you a fast They will send you, on, send you abroad for something. You know, put in an office, pay you a very fast salary. And they know you won't complain, but you won't learn anything. We are making decisions in life. Those are the kind of things we check. Where do I go? Just ask yourself, where am I needed? Somebody wants to put me on a seat, give me plenty of money, and ensure that I undergo what we call disuse atrophy. No. Look, anytime Satan wants to deceive people, he's, no, he, do, he doesn't have many options in life. One of the major ones he uses is to like, just sit down and at least the money is good. He still uses money to buy people's destinies till tomorrow. The age at which you built a house does not say anything about whether you are succeeding or failing. It doesn't. It doesn't. If they ask many of us preachers today, let's talk about Paul. Who and so who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like Paul? We all put up our hands. But we don't mean it. We don't mean it. Because if they, if they sit us down and show us what it means to be like Paul, we'll change our minds. Because Paul didn't have a bishop's court. There was no personage for Paul. The only time he had his own house that we know of is prison. No, really. Paul used to move up and down. He would go to Ephesus and teach for three years. At the end of the day, he said, I know you will not see my face anymore. The church is not his own. He built a very big church, established it, and said to them, you will not see my face anymore. Do you think we really want to be like most of us don't want to be? Who wants to be shipwrecked? Even me preaching. I don't want to be shipwrecked. No, I won't lie to you. What is the big deal? Who likes to be shipwrecked? Why? Lord, please, I don't want to be shipwrecked. It's true. But God says, if you want, you know, two people came one day, James and uh, John. They said to the Lord, we want to sit on your left and on your right. <laughs> Jesus said, be careful the kind of thing you ask for. Be very, very careful. You want to sit on my left and my right? Let me tell you the prerequisite. You will drink the cup I'm about to drink. That cup, you will drink it too. You know, he said, are you able? Next time they ask you a question, you don't know the answer. Say, I don't know the answer. The two boys said, we are able. <laughs> How can you be able to drink what you have not seen before? You know, I don't understand what human means. When people have desires, they just confuse them. 
One day I was talking to one guy who wanted to go abroad. He hasn't gone. Thank God for his life. But describing some things, some challenges. He said, let's reach there first. I said, you're a fool. They are telling the challenges. He said, let's reach there first. When people's desires have blocked their eyes, that's when they make such statements. Let's just reach there first. There are places you get to and you can't come back. Are you aware of that? We're just trying to explain to the man, look, look at the issues, look at challenges, and let's get there first. What's the point I'm making? Listen, ask yourself, what really am I looking for in life? And as Christians, this is what we must be looking for, to be found faithful. To be found faithful. Remember we said wanted. God wants people that he can count on. One of the things that God wants, you know, the reference explains something very, very beautiful. He said he was de- describing what it means to be a slave of Christ. That most people these days can't understand the concept. Do you understand? That when you are, being, when you are somebody's slave, now follow this. The fellow does with you whatever he wants. That when slaves are sold, okay? Let, let's use the word lock. Slaves have different kinds of locks. Some become house slaves. You go to a rich man's house, a kind man, he just wants somebody to cook his food, you know, make his bed, take care of his children, and all of that. That slave will just enjoy. The fellow is still a slave. But a slave will go to another house sometimes. Man, you go to a man's house, a bad man. He's broke. Listen, he literally will turn his female slave to a prostitute. And she can't say anything. He was trying to explain what it means to be the slave of Christ. And we have an issue here. Of course, we have a good Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. We have a good Lord. But this is what he wants us to understand also. He does with us what he likes. And we must learn to be content with that. We must, that is, your desire in life should be, I must be found pleasing. I must live my life that at the end of life, I look back, have I pleased God or have not? That is what must be important to us. Listen to me, Christians. Any other thing you pursue outside this, you are setting yourself up for failure. You will fail. The world may not think so. But as a matter of fact, it is called failure. The problem we have is that the world wants to set a standard for us. And people start pursuing it. So anything they hear, they are using that thing to pursue the standard that the world has set for them. It's in their hearts. People say they want to do ministry. They don't really want to do ministry. For them, it's another job. It's a well-paying job. He has a, he has a career path. One day, you are going to become a general overseer of some sort. And then, you will settle. Your children are settled. And that is what we come into ministry to do. Other times, some people are not like that. They just feel like, and, and they feel very righteous. I'm not like that. I am not like that. Before I go into that ministry, nah, I'm not looking for anybody's money. So what am I going to do first? I will establish businesses. So that when I start preaching, everybody will know I did not come here to look for money. And I will have enough money to be meeting all my needs. I know what they sound very, very what? Righteous, spiritual. That these are the good ones. But you know what? As far as God is concerned, him and the other one, they are the same. Why? Because he must have his security. That is important to him. So what is he pursuing in life? Security. Such people are also not useful for what God wants to do. They are also not useful. Because what is more important to them is not what God wants them to do, but how safe they will be while they are doing it. That's my message for today. I don't have much to say. But for all of us to ask ourselves, what really are we looking for in life? 
are we seeking our own, you know, which was the, what the, what Paul you use now? Are we seeking are we seeking our own? Yes, that's the word to put, the way to put it. Are we seeking our own, or we are seeking the things of the Lord? And when you are seeking the things of God, listen to me, they are not always nice. That's the point I'm making. When Jesus met Paul, you know the first thing he told Paul? He said he showed him the things that he will suffer for his sake. There were two questions that Paul asked the Lord. Remember, we talked about it, was it last year or the year before? We must never forget. Everybody must ask that question. Two questions. What was the first one? Who are you, Lord? What's the second one? What do you want me to do? That's the word. The, the whole of life is centered around those two questions. Who are you, Lord? And what do you want me to do? Listen to me. Not what do you want me to have. Not what will you give me. The problem we have more, a lot of times, Christians, we have tied service to reward. So when we are serving, what we will re, what we'll be rewarded with is what is primary in our hearts. So if we mistakenly prosper materially, ah, praise God. You know, those days, when we began to serve in this place, people thought that, you know, we start telling stories. What is the story about? And we are giving the pulpit why we have prospered materially. That is the problem we have as believers. And young people now learn that. They said that before their eyes. And we start saying things like, I may, be suffering, I may be suffering now, but I know that the time is coming when me too, I will start enjoying. So you see the young man, he's laboring. He's going from bush to bush, planting churches. But in front of his eyes, see that one day will come. I'll become a geo. And I'll be flying around in a private jet. And at the end of the day, listen to me, people of God, a true child of God will always be disappointed if you have such thoughts. You will always be disappointed. That's one of the major problems we have in today's Christianity. Everything we do, people have, they put the reward in front of us. So we are not serving for the sake of serving. We are serving for the sake of the reward. And anybody that's serving for the sake of the personal gain, gains nothing. That's why I said to Christians, oh, giving offering is good. Oh. Say me if you believe it. But you need grace to forget. Seriously, I need gra- you need grace. What am I grace to forget? You need grace. So that when you are finished giving an offering, you don't remember you did. Believe me, people of God, it is important. Your good works. You know, I, I've, I've preached this thing until I feel like everybody can preach it for me. Who will come and finish it for me? <laughs> your good works must never come to your mind when you go to pray. Please, don't let it. If it comes, all right, receive it, lay it before the Lord, and confess it as the first thing for the day. Say, Lord, as I was about to pray, I noticed last week I gave my whole month's salary to church as a way of just supporting the work of ministry. And today as I began to pray, that thought came to my mind, and I'm feeling good about it. Thank you, Lord, that I'm feeling good about it. But Lord, the part I don't understand is that it's not giving me the impression that you are going to bless me specially today. That thought, I repent of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then you start praying. To feel good that you gave your whole January salary to church for the propagation of the gospel is good. The Bible says more blessed to give. You have done a more blessed thing. You should rejoice in it. But if it crosses your mind that that makes February the month of breakthrough, you have smoked Canadian hemp. 
white Canadian, is legal there. And you smoked a very good breed, pure, undiluted. If it crosses your mind that because you release your whole general salary as an offering to the Lord, February will be good. Brethren, let me just warn you ahead. February will be bad. You will see the kind of hunger you have not seen before. You will be so broke, nobody will give you anything. Nobody will give you a lift. You will trek from your office to wait to church. You will be trekking. You say, Lord, did I not give you general salary? He said, Lord, say, yeah, I took it. He said, when do you give me something back? Hey, 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 wait. If you want your money back, I can refund it. Then no, I mean you multiply now. Which one you know this? <laughs> <laughs> People of God, listen. Let's tell ourselves the truth. Your February will be bad if you have that idea. Christians must learn that what is most important to me is that I'm found what? Faithful. That I'm found faithful. That you sit down and look and say, okay, the Lord gave me money, yes, at the end of January. Did I spend it the way he wanted me to spend it? That is what is most important. Once I've done that, I'm okay. Listen, if, in quotes, my so-called mates are making the kind of advances I'm not making, no problem. I go back home and go and pray. Lord, that place I stayed and I was working, was that affecting people the way you wanted me to? Nothing wrong with doing self-appraisal. If the answer is yes, that is okay. The money you gave me, did I spend it the way you wanted me to? Yes. Did I represent Christ the way you wanted me to? If the answer is yes, how somebody else is making progress should not make you sad. You know, human beings can, <laughs> they try that with me once in a while. If you are not careful, you know something David said, I almost slipped when I saw the wicked. I saw him prosper. I almost fell down. Can you imagine David, with all the blessing God has put in his life, almost falling down, almost, his foot almost slipped. And listen, if you don't watch yourself on a daily basis, you are at risk. That's why Paul said, let him that thinks he stands, should take it lest he falls. Believers, bear it in mind. Righteousness does not pay. I'm not saying it doesn't pay. I just want you to understand that it's not supposed to pay. What does righteousness do? Nothing. It's just the way we live. Please, I need to emphasize that. It doesn't give you any bargaining chip with God. The righteousness you need to be able to bargain with God is the one you got in Christ Jesus. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That's what you need. Get used to that one. Just rest in that one. After that, any other form of righteousness you do is what you are supposed to do. Let's get away with these ideas that, all right, you know, I went to the, I went to the American embassy when I applied for a visa. I did not lie at all. I told them the whole truth. So next week, I'm going for the interview. They are going to grant it. Listen, if you are thinking like that, should I tell you ahead of time? They will not grant it. And your guy who went to with you from the office will lie half of, on his own. You know, that's not even his name, sir. And he will get it. Do you know why he got it? The Lord has given you over to the trial. Temptation. That is, he wants to see what you will do. No, he wants to see. Next time you are feeling the form again. Say, last time, I told the truth. Nothing came out of it. And I went, they said, uh, you have to be between maybe age 24 to 27. I cannot lie. I know I'm 28. So I went for the interview. I told them the truth. Let me not lie to people. I'm 28. So now think that they will now change it because of you. So thanks for telling us the truth, but you don't qualify. Ah. Oh, Gadama, you are employing. I know him. He's 32. But he wrote. 
You'll be feeling bad. People of God, in case you did not know, let me teach it to you again. Now, so life be. What did I say? Telling the truth does not always get you things. That's why we don't rejoice in this so-called results, results, results. We rejoice in one thing. When I fill the form, I refuse to lie. I have checked everything. I cross-checked it front and back center. It is the truth. Yes, we went for the visa interview. They said no. No is no. You don't always have to get. I mean, it will not happen to everything you want you will get in life. People say God never says no. My own God says no. He does. Oh, he does. It's not because he can't do it, but it's not everything that he wants that he wants me to have. I want to travel. He said, no, you're not going anywhere. But me, I want to travel. All my mates have traveled. So, okay, fine. Go and apply for the visa. Then go and put one wicked visa officer there the day you are coming. It's his way of getting you into righteousness. It's simple. God, this is, ten- this is my year of breakthrough. Amen, the Lord will say to you. You still will not get the visa. Because as far as it's concerned, visa and breakthrough, they are not the same thing. Ah, look, sometimes it surprises me you have to tell believers these things. But let's keep saying so that they will learn it. What am I going to emphasize to us believers? When you do what is right, rejoice in the fact that you did what is right. What are you rejoicing in it? That the Lord is pleased with me. I like the way Oswald Chambers said it, that Christians were not called to get results, they were called to obey God. Obedience to God, God will now bless it the way he wants Oswald Chambers said, Jesus did not even come to save the world. He said, no. I like the way he said it there. Is that, is that not why he came? No. What is it? I came to do thy will. In the volume of the book it is written of me. That's what he said. Thy law is within my heart. But he saved the world. Not him. That's the father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but do what? Have. Jesus didn't come to save the world. The Father was saving the world. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. That is the life of the believer. So this resource we claim we are looking for, that is the saving the world. It's not ours to seek. It's not ours to seek. Ours is to do the will of the Father. And I'm teaching today that that must be the thing you are looking for in life. Am I pleasing to God? You wake up in the morning, am I pleasing to God? Where I'm staying, is it pleasing to God? I live in the Nugu, is that pleasing to him? I'm in Lagos, is it pleasing to him? I want to move from Enugu, I'm going to Abuja, is it pleasing to him? Will you get results? It's not what you're thinking of. What is important to you is that, is this pleasing? That's what is important to you. If it is pleasing, period, you are happy. If it doesn't get results, like that's what I'm trying to say about righteousness. That's not what righteousness does. Get us results. No. Righteousness just pleases the Father. Whatever we want, we ask Him for it. One, one major reason I'm convinced why believers have not gotten the kind of results in prayers they should get is that they still come thinking that that thing they did right is supposed to have produced something for them. And anytime they do that, they undermine the power in the name of Jesus. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. Anytime you do that, you undermine it. It's an unconscious thing. You want to pray, Father, ah, I need money in the name of Jesus. And you are thinking of how much offering you give in the last one month. That brother came, he was broke, you gave him money. You went to church, you give a special seed, you give this one, you bless pastor, you need this one. You checked everything. And you now grab a kind of confidence. 
When you want to pray, and your wife is very happy. Say, my husband has learned to pray. He doesn't, she doesn't realize that she's praying like this. She's, he's calculating his offerings. It has come to 85% of his income the last one month. Say, this month is a month of breakthrough. People of God, that's why many of us have not received anything. That's the point. We have not learned yet that what we are doing is just to please God. What does the Lord want from us today? People who just enjoy pleasing him. When he finds such people, then, let's read this. When he finds such people, Psalms, he can now do what exactly he wants with them. One of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 45. Many people are just using God, using the principles to get what they want. It won't work. That's not what God is looking for. Are you there? Psalm 45. Quickly, Psalm 45. For time, let's hurry so we can close on time. From verse 6. Your throne, O God, this was talking about Jesus Christ, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. He said, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Let us read down to verse 9. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia, out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. King's daughters are among your noble, honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from offer. Now, what I wanted to read, of course, is that, is that verse, um, verse 7. This was about Jesus Christ here. That verse 7. It said, you have loved righteousness and you hate wickedness. He said, for that reason, God has found you. Now, can I modify it a bit? God has found you anointable. Can I use that expression? <laughs> God has found you what? Anointable. What made him anointable? The love for righteousness. One who desired, who enjoyed that the full satisfaction came from just one thing. I have done what is right in the eyes of God. Not the result it produces. That the fullness of my satisfaction in that is that God is pleased with what I did. That means if I apply, like we said, using that visa as an example, I apply to that, for that visa, I apply for that job. Yes, they say the age limit is 27, and I know I'm 28, and I put 27, 28. And at the end of the day, they don't employ me. I don't feel bad. That is, you, know, you know that there are things we say. God just knows. See, let me tell you something here. Every gist you gist, make sure it is pleasing to God. Did you hear what I said? No, I'm not sure you heard me well. What did I say? What do I mean? He said, those that fear the Lord spoke often one to another and the Lord heard. What I mean is this. When you phrase that kind of thing, you now come out and say, you know, David said like this, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be what? Acceptable. The word acceptable in the Bible means well-pleasing. It doesn't mean it can pass. No, that's not what it means. It means it's well-pleasing. Let everything I say be something you are happy to hear. This is the problem we have sometimes. We finish that kind of situation. You now come out. Did you get the job? No, I didn't get it. You know, in this country, they don't like truth. Did you notice that comment? That's the problem with this country. We don't like the truth. There are people who got it now. They cut their age by three years. I know that guy. He's 29. He said that he's 26. But they gave him. But I told them the truth. You are angry. 
You know why you're angry? You first righteousness, you pay you there. Because the people said it clearly, we want a maximum of 26 or 27. And you are not within that bracket. You shouldn't even have applied. But you wanted to use your righteousness to harass somebody. Okay, I'm telling the truth to other people who have come here now. They've lied to you. There are statements you must not make as believers in Christ Jesus. Those are the kinds of statements I'm saying you must never make. As if to make like, eh, the fact that I did what was, I mean, I did righteousness, it should pay me extra. So what is the option? You wanted to lie? The anointable one is the one that enjoys the fact that every decision he makes is pleasing to God. Even when it costs him money. Even when it costs her money. Even when other people are being blessed by their own decisions, but he's not getting that kind of blessing. But he looks and says, look, did we do what is right? Let God do that which is pleasing in sight. That is the one that is anointable. The one that says, listen, someone doesn't come within seven days. We are not offering any sacrifice. The church will not grow. Let it not grow. People will scatter. Let them scatter. Why? It is not the right way to do things. Those are the people that are what? Anointable. Those are the people that are anointable. I told the story the other time about Ron Kenoli. He was singing and singing, looking for record deals he did not get. The day he told God, I am no longer interested, he got. And let me say something. You don't, don't tempt God. You know, you know what they call tempt God? So they said that if we tell you we don't want you, will bring it. <laughs> when you say you don't want, you have better minute because he's not, he's not going to bring it. Yeah. Ron Kennedy said he had tried and tried nothing. So one day just said, God, let's, let's settle this matter. Nobody wants to listen to me. You will listen to me. So he sat down and played and played and said, after now, I am not asking anybody for anything again. It took a while. I don't think it's two days. I don't know how long he was there, just doing his normal job as what we call music pastor. Until one of the directors of Hosanna Music now came in and said, come, record an album with us. It is a person that loves righteousness that is anointable. That's what I'm saying. Those days they were teaching us principles of church growth. I look back now, I almost start laughing at some, at some of them. Some of those principles of church growth, they don't grow anything. He himself does not know how. He said, but uh, Young Kicho did it in South Korea. First, go to South Korea and go and do it. Who told you that work, what works in South Korea will work in, in South Nigeria? He himself does not know how. The, the time of seed sowing, I hope I get my point. The real time of seed sowing, most times people don't even know they are sowing the seeds. When they are telling this is how I did it, these are the times of harvest. This is how Young Kicho did it. Listen to me. Young Kicho came as a harvest man. He said, other men labored. You have entered into their labor. Go and read the story. Assemblies of God, they were there for decades, preaching, teaching the word. Small, small groups, village to village, house to house. The man showed up one day and put in the sickle because the harvest has come. You want to put in the sickle when nobody has tilled the ground. Now the principles of harvest. You now go and lay seven keys by Young Cho. He himself does not know how. He doesn't know exactly how it happened. What am I trying to say? Many of those people crammed. They didn't love righteousness. They love the reward of righteousness. He said, you visit people. You start visiting those you don't love. Because you want church to grow. No man said, this 1,000 visitations a week. I said, okay, I can assure you of one day you won't live long. Continue like that. 1,000 people a week. Some people are not planning for a long life. But Bishop, they didn't visit anybody. I'm not visiting anybody. Yet, 
church grew 2,000 to 22,000 in one year. And he has a principle. Why are you looking for those who are not looking for you? <laughs> That's his principle. He said, one day, one man came to his house in the morning. Uh, we came to check out how, 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 uh, how you are doing, sir. So, you came to check out how I'm doing. You are the work I'm doing. Go and check. If you are okay, then I'm okay. You are the thing I'm doing. He didn't open the door. He told the man to go and find work. You can't be checking how I'm doing in the morning. And the church still grew. He wasn't nice to anybody. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You go out, you are doing visitation. You don't love people. You love church growth. It will not grow. The people, the person that's anointable loves that righteousness. I hope, I hope you're getting my point. That is, you are going to visit because you feel the fellow needs to be visited. You heard he was sick. Or you have not seen him for a while. And you're concerned. Your spirit is not settled. So he said, let me go and check how he's doing. How's the family? Oh, it's just right for us to stop by. Then you do that. Then church grows. Somebody said, how did you grow? Said, I was checking on all my members. Then one week or so, we start checking on people. And as soon as he gets there, they'll close it. They'll say, pastor has come. We're not at home. <laughs> you won't know why. Your spirit is radiating rubbish to them. Once you come, they, they know. They can feel the manipulating spirit. The witchcraft spirit. And he said, oh, how are you people doing? Yeah, he wants us to come to church on Sunday. <laughs> so the wife will say, let's go to church. He also will say, no, I'm not going. I cannot be manipulated. <laughs> no man can be stubborn. <laughs> He said, well, pastor has been checking on us. That's the point. I'm checking. I can see through it. <laughs> the man will not go to a judge where there are 7,000 members. Why? Because nobody can check on him. <laughs> the one that's anointable is the one that loves righteousness. That is that thing that he's doing. He does it. And having done it, he's happy. That if he checked that family, how are you doing? Oh, uh, Daddy has been sick for a while. Oh, is that so? We lay hands, we pray, we take his matter out for two days and intercede and he gets well. And he doesn't come to that church. But you hear that he's joined a church where he's useful and he's learning. You rejoice. Do you get my point? After all, what matters, like Paul said, you just want to expose the fellow to Christ Jesus. So you check that, oh, you are in a place where you are really meeting Christ Jesus. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm happy. And we remain friends. But those who don't love righteousness... But love the reward of righteousness. You know the gist now? People are not faithful. They are not loyal. When he was sick, I was in his house praying every day. Now his titan offering is going to people who did not labor over his life. God will judge. Who begins where? Ikwe has entered. You know what they call Ikwe? <laughs> the Lord is good. Can we rise to our feet? Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. God needs people. Begin to pray. I'm not pursuing security for my future. Everywhere I go, I go with a mindset of, an, of being an assignment. The peace of God will guard you. Amen. I feel like saying that again. The peace of God will protect you. Amen. From all the mental pressures of life, the peace of God will protect you. Amen. Paul said there is a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. That in the midst of trouble, your servant is afraid, but you are saying, oh, what's your problem? Relax. He said, alas, my master, how shall we do? The peace of God will show you that greater is he that is with you than all the enemies surrounding. Amen. The peace of God will guard you. Amen. You will have a financial need that you have to meet by tomorrow morning. Honestly, you will be surprised at how well you slept. Amen. Because the peace of God will protect you. Amen. You will not be afraid. Amen. 
I say you will not be afraid. And in that time of peace, listen to me, you will hear heaven clearly. You will know where to go and fish and find a coin in the mouth of the fish. The Lord will never allow you to be stranded. See, the peace of God doesn't mean we are careless. It means we have rested in God. That God will take care of that which concerns us. That's the meaning of that. That's the meaning of it. So I say to you, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. God will send your supplies at the appropriate time. And you will see it and recognize it. Your hands will not do evil. It's important. Pressure will not make your hands do evil. The peace of God will protect you from doing evil. In the name of Jesus. This week that's starting tomorrow, goodness will fill it for you. Doors that you did not even know were present, they will open for you. God will do something special for you this coming week. Amen. Where you thought there was barrenness, where things were not working, fruitfulness will come from there. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. goodness and mercy will follow you Amen. all the days of your life. Amen. In Jesus' name. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. As we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For those who have not been coming regularly, this year, this year hands, we minister the power of God. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Now remember, you have to lay your hands on. The sick will not come and jump into your hand. So gather boldness. Go out, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. And that's why we say it's a year of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. Do you understand that? So let's do it one more time. This is our season of Multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus. Now tell three people that this is your season. Two more people.